I'm a 33-year-old female, and I went to a convention with two female friends, and we stayed in a downtown area hotel near the convention center. Caddy corner from our hotel was a chain drugstore. It was still light outside when we decided to get some snacks to eat while watching some Netflix that night. While my friends were looking at the candy, I stood back because I wanted chips, and I had noticed a man next to them. He wasn't looking at the candy. He was watching them. They hadn't noticed, so when they picked their candy, I then whispered to them to follow me. I picked up the pace, turned quickly down the middle and down an aisle, and I told them there's a creepy guy here and to stay together. That's when I noticed that he's on the other end of the aisle. We keep taking turns down various aisles, and he's following us, but walking where he's in between us and the exit. At this time, we were basically trapped at the back of the store near the pharmacy. The line for the pharmacy was long, but was full of men, so we got in line and started talking to the men in front of us, hoping it would scare off our stalker. We could still see him in the big glow mirror one aisle down waiting for us. We waited in line for 30 minutes to ask for security. The security swept the pharmacy, and luckily the stalker guy had left. We were extra careful when the security guard offered to walk us back to the front of our hotel. I don't know what the intentions that guy had for us, but I'm glad I'll never find out. Hey y'all, this took place during the summer of 2022, and I just never thought of writing down this story because I was just so stunned that it even happened to me. So every summer in my city, me and my friends like to make small campfires in chill secluded areas because, well, we don't want to drive an hour to an actual campsite and pay a campsite fee to do so. These also happen pretty spontaneously, so it's a nice last minute hang to do. There's this one spot near my house that's located by a river that's really nice because no one usually goes there. The only thing to be worried about are bears though because living in the Pacific Northwest is challenging like that, and my house specifically is located right next to mountains and forest. So one particular night at 11pm, I decide to go ahead of my friends and meet them at the spot, and set up things early because I want us to be chilling once they all get there. The spot I get to has a two minute paved walkway that I have to go through, and then I have to take a small trail ramping down the right side of the bridge that crosses over the river. Along this paved walkway is two lamps located at halfway, and then another at the start of the bridge and ramp down to the campfire spot. I park my car at the beginning of the trail on the street, and I bring my campfire stuff like flashlight, lighter, small firewood, small shovel to dig out the pit, etc. I get to the spot, and it's a small sandy beach kind of embankment on the side of the river with a small waiting area for toddlers with their families during the hot summers. So I set up the chair, and I get to digging the pit with only my flashlight illuminating where I'm digging. I'm also just shoveling the sand right next to me, nowhere near the water. But all of a sudden, I hear a loud splash. A splash so loud that it can only come from something equally large like a two-hand-sized rock. I'm confused because I swear I'm not throwing my sand into the water, even though I'm only a few feet away. I shine my flashlight at the water and I don't see anything. So I kinda just brush it off, thinking I'm just hearing things. But as I keep shoveling a bit more, I hear another loud splash. 
At this point, I think something is falling from above because logically something must be falling into the water. I point the flashlight above where some trees are above the river, and I don't see anything big enough to make that splash. So as I keep digging, with my heart rate kind of going at this point, I hear a rustling past the arch of where the bridge goes over the river. I quickly grab my light and shine it towards where I hear all the rustling. I call out a, Hello? No response. In my head, if it was a bear, I should be getting out of there immediately. But there was no bear. That or any signs of anything for that matter. So I tell myself I'm just hearing things now, because I've seen horror movies before, and now my mind is just playing tricks on me. But I hear the noise yet again, and it clearly sounds like leaves being rustled. So I shot my flashlight over to that same area yet again. And as I focus my eyes towards the illuminated area, I see the naked back of a man hunched over. I was kind of frozen in anxiety and stress because honestly, of all the things I was to see, I didn't think I'd see the back of a naked man. From the quick analysis my brain can muster up, he looked to be mid-40s, shaved, not bald, and a medium-ish build, like a mix between chubby and built. As I had my flashlight staying on his back, he started to stand up, and the first thing I noticed was that he wasn't wearing any pants either. My next reflex was to start packing up all my crap and getting the hell out of there, because now I'm pacing in my head that he must have been throwing things into the water to scare me or shoo me away. So after using my reflexive deductive skills, I proceeded to walk out of there with all of my stuff. I'm carrying all my things with me, and I briskly walk up the small ramp and I'm on the paved path now out of the forest. I can just feel my heart beating in my chest, and I'm frequently looking back just to make sure I'm not being followed. I'm in Crocs, mind you, so I'm hoping that if I have to book it out of there, I'd regret not being in sport mode from the get-go. I make it to the halfway point, and a sense of relief starts settling in, knowing I made it safely out of this very scary situation. But as I check behind me for the final time, I see something. Slowly creeping over the ramp is the naked man crawling on all fours as if he was a primate walking. His head was positioned towards me, looking right at me as he made his way to the middle of the paved walkway. He slowly gets up from his stance and starts standing on his feet and positions his body to face me. After setting himself into his new position, the man starts running towards me. I freaking book it. I run as hard as I can down the path. My flashlight jumped out of my pocket and I lost it, but I didn't care because a whole naked ass man was chasing me at 11pm at night in a secluded forest. I looked back for a split second and the man was still running towards me, still completely naked. He could have my flashlight for all I care. I wanted to make it out of this situation alive. I finally make it out of the forest and I run to my car which is only 30 feet away from the end of the forest. I desperately get to my car, and like a classic horror movie, I then fumble with trying to get my key fob to unlock my car. I actually drop my keys and quickly think to myself, yeah, I'm actually dead. But I brush the thought off and pick them back up. I get my fob properly, unlock my doors, and throw my things into my back seat before getting into my car. This felt like an eternity, but in hindsight, most likely took six seconds altogether. As I try to guide my key into the ignition, 
I'm fixated on the end of the paved path that I was just at a few seconds ago, waiting to see if the naked man was coming still. I feel my key go into the ignition, and I switch my sights into the road in front of me. I then zoom out of the area as fast as possible. As I drive away, and I'm a good 30 seconds from the location of the horror that just took place, I then get a call on my phone. It was my friends calling me, asking if I'd made it to the spot yet, and all I say to them is, Guys, do I have a crazy story to tell you? They pull up to my house because again, it was actually decently close to the campfire area, and I then tell them the whole story the way that I told it just now. They all swear that it was none of them trying to prank me or anything like that. I also knew none of them would try to full sprint at me with their dong out. But as we're just talking out in front of my house, there's actually a college student who looks like he's walking home this towards the direction of where I encountered the naked man. I just yelled out to him, Yo, be careful! There was some naked guy that was chasing me by the bridge that crosses over the river. So be careful, man! He responds back saying, Oh damn, really? I gotta go over that bridge to go home. All I tell him is, Yeah, well, good luck, man. The next day, I reported it to the police by phone, but they sent over an officer so I could tell them in person and also show them where in the area I saw these things. When we went to see where I initially saw the man's back hunched over, they said they didn't see any trace of anyone being there previously but the officer said they would make a note of it anyways just in case it happens again. Some of my friends say it's a skinwalker. Others say more realistically it's either a homeless or mentally ill or drunken high person. One theory I've heard my friends say is that it's a future version of me pulling a prank on a past version of me. Because honestly, if time travel is real, I totally would screw with my younger self like that. That's pretty much my only let's not meet story. But damn, is it a story I'll never forget. The story happened around three years ago. Right around the time that COVID started. So it was a while back, but still worthy of a post. It was early 2020, and I had just gotten a new job in a small town near my area. While looking for a place to live, my sister offered to rent her house to me. She had bought the house two years prior, but she and her husband didn't really take to it, and their commute to work was long, so they moved out and the house was uninhabited. Lucky for me, it was actually pretty close to my workplace, around a 40-minute drive, and my sister pretty much rented it out to me for free. I just paid for the water and electricity and looked after the house. I was living there for a solid two or three months and had already gotten used to it. One night after coming back from work and parking my car, as I walked towards my door, I noticed something odd. There was a cigarette butt on the curb to my house. I leaned down and picked it up, thinking it might have been mine since I'm a smoker. But after looking at the brand name, I realized that it wasn't mine and I threw it away. I didn't think much of it, just shrugged it off as some asshole throwing it at my curb. I went on with my night and nothing unusual happened. Two days later, I was once again walking to my house when I spotted a few more cigarette butts, this time near my porch. Needless to say, I was pissed off, and I thought that someone sat on my porch and smoked. I noticed that they were put out pretty recently, 
so whoever it was probably walked off as I was approaching. That night, I was watching a movie on my laptop, and it was pretty late, past 1am, so I was surprised when I heard a car passing by. It was a suburban neighborhood, and it was COVID, so people rarely ventured out at night, but I didn't think much about it. Around half an hour later, I was surprised when I heard chattering nearby. I listened intently, but I couldn't hear what they were talking about, as their voices seemed almost muffled and quiet. By this point, I was getting a bit unnerved, so I stopped the movie and then quietly got off my sofa. I then walked to the front door just to make sure that it was locked. As I was approaching the door, I froze mid-step as I heard the two approaching my porch and reducing their talking to a whisper. I realized right away that whoever this was wanted to break in. I leaned against my door and waited, expecting a loud bang against the door or the doorknob being shaken, but it was oddly quiet. I decided to walk over to my window to see if they had walked away or changed their mind. My windows have bars from the inside out that you have to unlock so that you can move the curtains or look out the window comfortably. I slowly unlocked the bar mechanism and lifted it up. I moved the curtains and I was taken aback. Leaning up against my window was a man. He was just as startled as I was because he basically stuttered over his own steps as he jumped back. He tightened his hoodie to cover his face so all I could really see was his big blue eyes looking at me. His friend realized what was going on and right away started to kick the door in. He kicked it a solid four or five times, but the door wouldn't budge. All the while I was staring at them frozen in fear and trying to comprehend the situation. I snapped out of it and slammed the bars over my window, locking them and running upstairs to the storage room where I'd pushed a table up to the door and then called the cops. As I listened intently and expected the two to come inside any minute, I heard a loud crash and the bars from the windows being shaken aggressively. When they realized they couldn't get in, one of them let out an angry long scream that probably woke up half the neighborhood. By the time the cops came, they were long gone. The police couldn't find out who it was, but were more active in the neighborhood in the following weeks. Regardless, I wasn't too keen on staying there after that so shortly after I moved out. My sister sold the house a few months later, and as far as I know, nothing similar ever happened since. I honestly don't know what they wanted or why they were so determined to get in, but whoever it was, I just hope I don't encounter them again. This incident took place in the summer of 2023. Last year, I transferred with my company to take a new position in a major Midwestern city. My spouse was still working and living back in California for the next few months, so I rented a studio apartment for myself in a newly renovated apartment building in a popular downtown neighborhood until we could look for a place together. The apartment was small but nice. It was in a secure building with interior hallways and a nice downstairs lobby. I was one of the first tenants to move into this newly renovated building, and other new residents soon started moving in. A major advantage of this move was that I'd only be a couple of hours drive from my hometown and my parents. I started my new job, and everything was going great. I was enjoying my new neighborhood, 
and the neighbors in the apartment building generally kept to themselves like I did. Then a new guy moved in across the hall, and everything changed. We'll call him David. David was a single man in his 60s, and was very different from the college students and young professionals who lived in our building. I started noticing his erratic behavior almost immediately. I would come home from work and he would be sitting in his car in our small parking lot just staring off in the distance. We were having issues that summer with smoke clouds coming over from the vast Canadian wildfires. They were leaving a light dusting of ash on our cars similar to pollen. David was convinced that someone was spraying this dust on his car and was accusing various tenants he would run into in the parking lot. He would also hoard trash in his apartment and leave bags in the hallway causing a foul odor. He would also be yelling to himself in the hallway. I finally had enough and complained to the leasing office. The manager was quick to dismiss my concerns, saying that she'd been in his apartment and everything was fine. In August, my parents' 50th anniversary was coming up and I was excited to go home and spend a weekend with them. A few days before their anniversary, my boss informed me that he would be flying in to work on an important project with me that would have us working through the weekend. I was really disappointed and I felt like I was really letting my parents down. But I managed to get away for a quick overnight trip in the middle of the week to go see them and then get back before my boss was due to arrive. I drove down and spent the night with them. The next morning I checked my email just as I was getting ready to head back. There was an email from my apartment manager in regard to the incident the night before. The email was very vague, but it stated that a resident was dead and there would be further details coming later. My heart sank and I immediately went pale. My mind instinctively went to my strange neighbor, David. I opened up a local news app for my city and the top story was about an active shooter in my apartment building who was killed during a SWAT team standoff just the night before. Apparently David approached my next door neighbor in the hallway with a gun and had threatened to shoot him. The neighbor then ran into his apartment and called 911. David also called 911 and he told the dispatcher that his neighbors were hacking his phone and if the police didn't come he was going to start shooting people. The police came and tried to talk to David but he had barricaded himself in his apartment and claimed to be heavily armed. The state police and SWAT team soon arrived and David began firing a rifle out his window at anyone he saw in the parking lot below. All of the neighbors on my floor were trapped in their apartments with no way of escape. They all had to get down and barricade themselves from the gunfire. There was another building across the street with a direct line of sight into our apartment building. A police sniper took a position in the building across the street and shot David through his window. Then they flew a drone into his open window and confirmed that he was dead with a gun still in his hand. Luckily, no one else was injured. I got home later that day to a bullet-riddled apartment building and several neighbors who normally didn't speak to each other were all hugging and crying as well as showing each other videos of the incident from their hiding places. I've never been so lucky to have been out of town. If my boss hadn't messed up my plans, I would have been home that night. I'm really sorry David didn't get the mental health attention that he needed, but he put so many lives in danger. My name is Mark, and in 2021 I made an OnlyFans account. 
I wasn't famous before this all went down, and I used to have an Instagram where I had 2,000 followers. I know that's nothing in the social media sphere, but it felt cool. Times were tough in 2021, as everyone can attest to. I read these headlines about people making loads of money through OnlyFans, and I thought, fuck it, I'll try anything. I made an account and I got some subscribers, but I had to blog my family and friends for my Instagram story where I advertised it. As the days passed, I realized I mostly had male subscribers. I'm straight, but I didn't mind this, and I'm not homophobic or anything. I basically just post nudes and videos jiggling my butt around. Anything to pay the bills at the end of the day. I wasn't on the path to millionairehood, but I had that mindset if I grind, I'll rake in cash. I know that's pretty delusional, but I've always been an optimist. After a month, I was brainstorming ways to get money out of OnlyFans. I didn't tell any of my friends because I was a bit embarrassed, and honestly, I didn't want them going on there to spy. I made burner accounts on Reddit, and I shared the link on some of the NSFW subs on there. I ended up getting some subscribers through that, and it led me to this guy who I'll just call the Creeper. He was always complimenting me in the Reddit comments, even on different subs, his username was always under my stuff. On the OnlyFans, the Creeper sent me a message request, and he had a similar username to the Reddit one, so I knew it was him. He was offering me $300 for a custom photo. This was crazy high, and it got me hopeful. I asked what he wanted, and he said to send him a full frontal in a specific pose. I did this, and I got the 300 Then he asked me for audio of me moaning his name, and he said he'd give me 500 I almost fainted, thinking I'd hit the jackpot there. 800 in like 5 minutes from one dude was like a dream. I sent the audio, and he didn't reply for hours after giving me the money. I figured he was busy, but after a few hours, he messaged me back. He asked me for more audios, and he said he wanted to hear me jerk off. I sent more because it was just so much money. I figured the creeper had to be some sort of sugar daddy dude if he had so much cash to splash around like that, especially all at once. As the weeks passed, I was significantly less stressed because Creeper was giving me so much money for personal things to be sent to him. The requests started to get a little weird, but I did them because I wanted the money, and I figured it wasn't a big deal. I must admit though, I did feel uncomfortable sometimes. He asked me to say stuff that I thought was a bit weird, like moaning that I loved him and that he was sexy. I thought he was just lonely or something. I worked in a coffee shop on a crappy wage, so the creeper's money was really helping me out. A few more weeks passed, and I started growing closer to a girl I met through work. She was a customer who came in, and it got a little flirty between us. I was nervous about pursuing things, though. I mean, she might not be alright with the OnlyFans thing. It made me pause and rethink things a little more. I was starting to realize I wouldn't become super rich off this. There's no get-rich-quick scheme. It's all just scams. Still, I knew I had a sweet deal with Creeper. I figured I only felt uncomfortable at times given the circumstances. I'm not homophobic, but I figured it just felt weird sometimes because what I was doing didn't really align with my own sexuality. 
creeper began getting possessive though. I'd be in work and he'd spam me with messages asking where I was and when I was coming back. Well, I stupidly told him I had a day job and to just wait until the evening. I thought this was flirty and therefore a good response, but in hindsight it was dumb of me. He demanded to know where I worked and began asking me personal questions all about my real life. He asked if I was gay, asked if I was bisexual, if I had a girlfriend, did I have a wife, what age was I, etc. I refused to tell him anything personal. I didn't want to admit to being straight in case that bothered him and he didn't need to know anything else. He offered me money in exchange for me telling him these things, but I said no and I tried to direct the conversation away, basically saying wouldn't he rather spend money on another video than learning about me. I think I pissed him off because he stopped messaging me. I wasn't sure if he would come back. I carried on as usual, but an entire month passed and it was radio silence. I was posting less on OnlyFans because I was starting to go off it. I wasn't struggling as much now thanks to the extra cash I got, especially creepers. I wasn't an idiot, and I saved as much as I could, never splurging it on anything unnecessary. Well, as if on cue, Creeper came back. He simply said hi, and sure enough, he wanted more audios. This time, though, he asked me to tell him I loved him and that I would never leave him. He said that he wanted me to speak from the heart and tell him he was the love of my life, etc., I decided to put my foot down and tell him this was going way too far. He responded that he'd give me all his money, but I realized I'd had enough. Creeper was being, well, a creeper. I told him no, and he immediately stopped responding and unsubbed. I didn't feel anything. I kept my Instagram up and kept posting my normal stuff. It was just selfies, nothing sexual. One day I got a DM on there. And I immediately thought, shit, it was the creeper. The username was very different, but he had messaged me on there demanding to know why I'd broken up with him. I was so confused and I messaged back like, what? I asked how he found me and he ignored me. I did advertise the OnlyFans on Insta stories, but I thought that he found me via Reddit. I don't know. I told him he was insane and I blocked him. A few days later, I was receiving comments under my photos, even photos from the year before, and it was all caps, some dude screaming at me. This person was calling me names and just generally insulting me. I clicked on the profile button, it was all blank, yet I had a feeling it was the creeper. I blocked that account too, but more and more kept popping up. Then, a profile popped up that began posting videos of me taking for my OnlyFans. The caption on it was rambling about how I needed to be exposed as a gold digger and an asshole. I knew it was the creeper. He was tagging my followers and I freaked out. I reported the accounts to Instagram and they were taken down. I immediately deleted mine. I still didn't tell anyone and I lived in stress for a few months afterwards. I was on edge waiting for a family or friend to ask why my dick was on their timeline, but it never happened. Still, it doesn't matter how long passes, I'll never use Instagram again. I deleted the OnlyFans, and I've never made an Instagram again. I'm still on Facebook, but it's long down tight. 
I only have family and friends on there I actually talk to. I've learned some tough lessons, and this situation really made me reevaluate some shit. I know it might not sound bad that I took money off the creeper, but he offered it up, and I needed it, but I've since realized there are no quick fixes. Despite all of the drama the creeper brought, at least I was able to save a lot of the cash he gave me. It really helped me tremendously. Things are better for me now. I'm in a better situation. But it was rough, and COVID really fucked us all in many ways. If by any chance the creeper stumbles across this, I just want to say fuck you to him. We better not cross paths again, or I'll go to the police and get him arrested for revenge porn. He's really a freak who needs therapy badly. And to anyone listening, be careful out there because people are nuts and don't fall for money scams. It's always too good to be true and nothing is worth your safety. Hey everyone, that's about it for today's stories. If you have your own story that you would like to send, you can send it in at southerncannibal.com or you can email it at southerncannibalstories at gmail.com. I look forward to telling your story. Have a good night or good day, everyone. And remember, to always, stay.